Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Coffee Run Live episode a lot. I don't know what episode we are up to, but we have done quite a few, quite a few. So uh, just before we get started, it's really funny. I noticed myself this morning, I've just gone, oh, I put on a bit of lip gloss. Do you ever go and see your um, the preview of your live and make sure that you uh, like give yourself a bit of a smile? I was like, chuk, 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 chuk. lip gloss, smile. <laughs> We're on. All right. What I wanted to talk to you about today is something that's really uh, quite critically important, actually, when it comes to your marketing working and things like that. Now, you will all know that one of the best ways for creating connection is to, you know, we hear this all the time in marketing, it's about you entering the conversation that your ideal client is having in their head. So we talked yesterday about the importance of really nailing your niche, making sure that you're spending a lot of time, probably a whole day at least, on working out who they are, what their problems are, what their dreams and their desires are, what their goals are, everything like that, so that you can create content that's really relevant for them. But one of the things that most people, I think, really forget is that there has to be a trigger for change. So I want to share a story with you uh, that happened to me um, in 2016. And it's actually not a story that I've spoken to you or spoken to you publicly about before. And there's, it's, it's kind of interesting. So for a lot of years, I had been, I've been working out, I've been skating, playing roller derby, you know, really working on my physical fitness and as well as traveling and, and everything like that and having an absolute good morning and having an absolute blast doing it. And I hope you're, I hope you're enjoying your lockdown, Janine. Is that a bit of a, uh, like a, <laughs> a contradiction? I'm sure you're loving um, having, having everybody at home. I hope you're loving having everybody at home. So one of the things I think that uh, was really interesting about this for me, going back to 2015, 2016, was that everything, or particularly actually 2015, everything had been going so incredibly well for me in my business for a number of years. And I was like, right, I just, I kept growing, I kept growing, I kept growing. We're doing a million dollars a year, uh, running amazing programs. People were getting insane results. It was really awesome and fabulous. And I was having so much fun. And one of the things that had happened, um, was that my, my oldest daughter had some, was having a bit of trouble, at school, she was having a bit of trouble emotionally. And what happened was I actually in, oh, I feel a bit uncomfortable. Uh, in, in 2015, we, I was running, I was away running a retreat up on the Gold Coast in August, 2015. And I got a call from her school and uh, they told me about some stuff that was going on. And I actually ended up cutting short a retreat that I was running, I, I ended up leaving a couple of days early. So I was working with clients and shit had hit the fan at home. And I've just gone, right, I actually need to just, I need to get home. Uh, my clients were very amazing and super understanding. And I didn't tell them everything that was going on, but 
I think, you know, we all know that if you are away facilitating or doing something, if you were to leave or cut that short early because of a home emergency, it is a decision that has been taken not lightly, right? It was a really big call, a really, really big decision. And I've gone, in the end, it was only, I think we were supposed to wrap up on the Saturday and I had my team, my parents who were working with me, I still had them there. I left on the Friday morning. I've gone, I've just, I've got to get home. And so I came home and uh, I stopped traveling. I ran all the, a lot of my events. I ran from here. People were traveling from all over the country, all over the world, actually. Uh, we had people come in from the States. We had people come in from the UK and like right here into tiny little Mildura. It was amazing. Uh, New Zealand as well, actually. And it, it, it was a huge, um, it was a really huge decision. But one of the things that I look at now is that there was a, it was a trigger for change. Now, the thing that rewind to pre-2015, I did not believe that people would travel to Mildura to work with me, to attend a, a conference, to attend a workshop in terms of like a, an extended period of time. I've been running two-day events up here and people might come from Adelaide, but they wouldn't necessarily pre-2015, I didn't even make it an option actually to travel in from anywhere else in the world. I would always run my two-day events, will always run on the Gold Coast. If I was running retreats, they would typically run up on the Gold Coast. Um, I just didn't think that people would come here for me, right? I didn't think people would come here for me. And this was such a really interesting thing to reflect and to look back on because I remember sitting in this room on, on the Thursday night, we were wrapping up at this retreat, which we should have been wrapping up on the Friday night. So wrapping it up on the Thursday night and I mentioned a little bit about what was going on. I said, look, you know, I, I was it was a mastermind retreat I said the next one that we run in February or March is probably going to be in Mildura. And one of the ladies, Fleur, who I, I still love and adore, she actually said to me, um, Nicola, I said, yes. She said, we don't come to the Gold Coast for the, the waves or for the beach. We come here for you. And I've just gone, yeah, I, I know that. She said, no, 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 we don't come here for the scenery. We don't come here for the beach. We come here for you. And I was just like, oh, wow, right? I I used to think that I had to use the location as the draw card and that I was almost like the the bonus, you know, the, the, the gift with the gift with purchase, which I know that's not true, but I didn't, I didn't place as much emphasis or I didn't give myself enough credit, I suppose, like in, in hindsight. So for me, that was a really big trigger for change to go, right, well, I've actually got to, uh, like, I can't do this anymore. I can't travel as much anymore. I, I really had to come back to doing what was right for my family and being here for my daughter and being readily available. And like, we literally had to fight to keep her alive. So it was a really big, it was a big thing. So that was a trigger for change in my business. And it was like this whole, like, it sounds really obvious, right, Janine? It sounds like, oh yeah, of course, like, how could you not know that? But it was just like, wow, like my mind, my mind was a bit blown. And then when I ran, um, like ran events here, like people came in, I was like, well, of course they do. Like, that's just crazy, crazy, silly, 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 Nicola, silly thinking. 
So that's one example in business around for me having a trigger for change. Now, in the past, I thought, oh, it might be nice to run an event here, but you know, there was enough doubt and self-doubt to kind of go, nah, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. In terms of another trigger for change for me, in 2016, I remember traveling into the UK for my husband's, one of my husband's best mates was getting married to an English girl over there and uh, like lovely, beautiful couple, known them for years. And my husband was in the bridal party. Now, this is still at a time where my daughter wasn't 100%, but we had my parents come and stay with the kids and we're like, all right, we're going to go to the UK. We're going to go for the shortest amount of time humanly possible right? So there'd been a lot of stress that year. There'd been a lot of lifestyle changes that year. Uh, There'd been a lot of business changes that year. And it really forced me again, like this trigger to think about what it was that I wanted, how I wanted it to look. So we've gone over to the UK. Now, the funny thing that happened, funny, not funny. the, The thing that happened was our luggage went missing. Our luggage went missing in Abu Dhabi and we arrived in the UK. We, we traveled through Ramadan and uh, it was like the world was bedlam and we've landed in the UK without any luggage. Like it didn't follow us. So the dress I was to wear to the wedding, my shoes, the accessories, like everything, like my clothes, it was lucky I had in my carry-on. I always have in my carry-on a spare pair of undies, <laughs> a little bit of makeup, but not much. Certainly not my like, not my, not my wedding face makeup, which happened to be in the, in the, like my, my checked in luggage. Uh, like my clutch, everything was in the, was checked in. And my husband's luggage had gone missing as well. So like we both had nothing to wear for the wedding. So we've had to go, but we landed on, on Thursday and we waited until Friday morning. Like we're trying to get in touch with the airline, trying to find out where our stuff is. My husband had the things that he had to wear. He was in the wedding party. So he had the shoes that he was supposed to wear and his belt and, you know, his shirt and everything. So we had to go shopping in London. Oh, right. Oh, no. That's awful, Janine. Well, we had to go shopping in London. So, like, we had the – on Friday afternoon – we had to drive down to Cornwall. So the wedding was in Cornwall and we're like, shit, well, we've got to leave at like lunchtime to be able to get down there to go and do all of the wedding things that, you know, need to happen. The wedding was on the Saturday and we're in the middle of freaking London without (laughs) any clothing to wear, without anything to be able to wear to this wedding. So we've had to go and go shopping. We've gone to Marks and Spencer, which didn't have anything for us. And then we've gone into, we've gone into Selfridges and we were lucky in quotes that we had travel insurance. Um, cause we've gone, all right, well, we have to buy everything. We had to buy toiletries. We had to buy underwear. We had to buy pads. Like we had to buy all of the things, shoes, handbag, dress. So I had to buy a new dress to wear. And you know, in the, in the UK, you go to a wedding, you have to wear a fascinator or a hat, right? It's a whole thing. Apparently I didn't know this. So I'd um, gone to Selfridges and trying to find a dress under pressure, like I, we had a time frame of maybe 90 minutes to, for both of us to get fully decked out before we had to go and collect our car to be able to then go and, and travel down. Meanwhile, we're still trying to liaise with the airline, trying to get our luggage dropped off and yada, yada, yada. So what I want you to imagine is there's been a whole 12 months of stress, pressure, not working out, not exercising, probably drinking a little more than normal, 
you know, massive cortisol levels, uh, like just, just so much stuff. So I find this dress in Selfridges, this gorgeous black number. I still own it, actually. It's kind of, it comes down just like a little bit down through here, and it's got this gorgeous lace back. And I thought, right, it was the, it was the last dress option because there was nothing in my size. It was the last dress option on the floor that I thought would be appropriate for a, a country wedding in black. And you know how they say, like, don't wear black. You know, it's just, you just got to deal with that. Uh, so I, I've gone, okay, fine. I'll try this dress on. And, you know, you're like, you know, when you go to a wedding, you don't want to necessarily, it's not about trying to look better than anybody else, but you don't want to look like the, the you know, the, the cat or the, the mouse that the cat dragged in or, or whatever, whatever that saying is. Um, and so I've hung, I've got this dress, right? And I've gone into the change room and I've hung this dress up. I'm like, okay. So like on the side of the, on the side of the change room, taking my kit off, which was still like this, the clothing that I'd worn on the plane. And I had just, I'd turn around and I'd turn around and looked in the mirror at my back. And I don't even know why I had done this. I turn around and I caught a glimpse of my backside and my legs. And there was, I don't know the last time that I looked at my backside and my legs, but I can tell you that at that point in time, what I saw in the reflection in terms of extra weight, in terms of cellulite, in terms of like, holy fuck, what has happened there? I was mortified at that, right? And so it made, it made me change like what I was going to wear and like the dress that I'd been, the dresses that I'd been looking at. Cause it's like, I've got to make sure that I've got enough length in my mind, enough length to be able to cover that, that had just, that I'd just seen in the reflection of the mirror. And I think what had happened was, and I mean, the lighting in change rooms is usually awful as well, right? So I knew that, but it also showed me that there was like a very massive dose of reality that I had not been looking after myself. Now, I have never been huge and like, so please, you know, I, I, we've, we've all got body stuff, right? There's always, there's always bits of ourselves that we don't like. So don't be mean to me because I'm being very honest with you. And I was just like, holy shit, how do my ass get like that? How do my legs get like this? I've never, ever, ever seen anything like that on myself before. You know, if I'd seen somebody else, I probably wouldn't think anything of it. But for me, I was mortified. And I swore in that change room right then, I've got, right, something has to freaking change. So that was my trigger for change. Now for me, to, to make lifestyle choices, for me to make changes to my own health, my own, my, my business, the way anything. For me, I need to have, it's just kind of how I'm wired. For me, there usually needs to be a really big, that's enough now for me to go, okay, what am I going to do about this? So how is this relevant for you? Well, if we think about your audience, right? And if you think about my audience, most people are like, right, I've had enough of not reaching the people that I want. I've had enough of feeling stuck and overwhelmed. And, you know, I don't know what to say every day with my content. I don't know how to sell programs or, you know, whatever else. Like you usually the trigger for change is I've had enough of looking in my bank account without it reflecting how I want it to be, or I'm sick of not getting any engagement, or I'm tired of not being seen as the expert, or I'm tired of, of not having the reach and the client, the number of clients that I want. Usually a bit of a reality check is needed to spark people into movement, 
right? To, to make you change the actions that you're taking and do something different. If you think about your audience with what you do, what is their trigger for change? Is it that they, they're just done? You know, that they, they, they cannot live one more minute living with this reality without doing something different. You've got to think about for your audience, what is their trigger for change? Now, pre my mirror incident in Selfridges, uh, where I bought the most fabulous Jimmy Choo Choo's, thank you, American Express Insurance. FYI, um, they're very gorgeous. I wore them on Saturday night to the wedding, and I'm, I still love those. They're my they're my um, American Express shoes. It's very funny. Um, it, you know, one of the things that I think about is, well, I could have like looked in the mirror and just gone, oh yeah, you know, it's fine. I'd like to be more, be a bit more healthy, and you know, I knew that I'd wanted to start working out again, and I knew that I wanted to start eating better for my body, and I knew that I'd wanted to start drinking a bit less right? I'd known that. But for me, that moving towards a goal, right? If I'm moving towards a goal, I find it a lot harder to self-motivate. This is for me personally. I find it a lot harder to self-motivate to move towards something I want. I will move a hell of a lot faster. I will be a hell of a lot more consistent if I'm moving away (laughs) from going like, whoa, right? It's like I needed that reality check. I needed that holy shit. I am not okay with that for me to actually make changes. So for your audience, it's very important that you know what are the problems and the challenges and and the self-talk and and the shit. What's the shit that your people are going through? But then also, excuse me, it's important to know that they might want to look great. They might want to feel awesome in their skin. But what is the trigger for them changing and taking action to getting that? You need to be their trigger for change, right? So what are you doing to to motivate them to go, hey, like I know that you want this, but these are the things that you're no longer happy with. These are the things that you're no longer willing to tolerate. When are you going to do something about it? Because otherwise that that goal, that dream, that thing, it's almost like you for me anyway, and, and I know for a lot of my my people, it's like it's nice to be able to move towards that, but we can coast and it's hard to keep that motivation and self-accountability in order to get to that point. So you've got to know what their trigger for change is. You need to know what motivates them and you need to be that trigger for change, right? So the only way you're going to know that is if you know who your audience is. So think about a time and what I'd encourage you to do is think about a time in your life, in your world, in your business, in in your personal life, whatever it happens to be with your health, whatever. Think about a time when you were motivated, insanely motivated to make a change. And what was the trigger for you? Because if you can kind of go back and go, yeah, this is exactly what it was for me. And then you go and share that with your audience. They will probably say exactly what Janine is. Oh yeah, me too. I'm so much the same, right? And then you can start to build rapport. Then you can start to say, hey, this is how we can, you know, go do this thing. This is the thing that you need to do. And they're more likely to listen. They're more likely to engage. They're more likely to buy in to whatever it is that your message is, to whatever it is that you're saying. And that can be the motivation to get them moving. All right. Work out what your trigger for change is. Go share that with your audience. 
and invite them. If they want to make a change, then, then let them know how you can help them make that happen. So that was what I wanted to talk to you about today. Now, assuming that I can still get to the Gold Coast next week, not next week, the week after, we are running a two-day hot seat. And of course, I'll be able to get there. It'll be getting home. That's the issue. So come hella high water. I am on the Gold Coast in two weeks' time, and I am so excited. We've got a two-day hot seat happening where we are just going to get shit done pulling things out of your head, we'll be creating content, you can be writing blogs, you can be planning, you can be doing anything that needs to be done that is going to result in you inspiring your clients, you helping people and you making shit happen. So if you need to find out more about that, I will find a link. I don't know where it is, um, but I will get a link up very, very soon for you. If you have questions about it, please make sure you let me know. You are very, very welcome, Carmen. Carmen from Arizona currently. All right, my friends, have an awesome and amazing day. Get out there, go help some people. We'll have a whole ton of fun doing it. Most of all, remember that the world is ready for your brand of awesome and go and help your people with their trigger for change. All right, kick ass and I'll see you tomorrow, if not before.